campaign ended or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we ended up, you know, perfecting that because you could create for the first time you could target people by their interests, what they're interested in. And that worked really well hand in hand with. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Today, we're sitting down with Tom Bell of Viral Style to talk about his journey creating a print-on-demand company, okay? So Viral Style is a print-on-demand company. What that basically means is that if you, as a creator, as somebody who is good at designing things, creates a design, you can, through their platform, create these products, whether that's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and then people can go on their site, buy your products, and you get money for that. And, and this company, Viral Style, has done a lot, a lot of business in the last few years since they have been around. Okay, we're talking over 300 million, $300 million in sales throughout their platform, which is just crazy to think about. So they have a really sizable business going on over there. So I wanted to sit down with Tom Bell to talk about his experience getting there because there were some twists and turns. He actually started off in real estate. So we're going to talk about real estate and wholesaling a little bit at the beginning of the episode. Then we're going to transition into how we actually became successful in this area and how you can carve out new areas for yourself. Because at the time, print on demand, this is sort of a relatively new technology. I know a lot of you guys might be super used to seeing these things, but like print on demand technology is not super old. Okay. It definitely hasn't been around um, for more than eight to 10 years. So we're going to sort of talk about how to find those trends that really do catch on because some trends, um, they, they really catch on and there's a lot of potential like print on demand and some trends just kind of burn out. So how do you find those trends that are going to have longevity and really be able to provide you with that sizable business? That is what we're going to be talking about in this episode today, among many other things. So without further ado, let's welcome Tom Bell to the podcast, wherever you guys are today, whether you are commuting to work, whatever you are doing while you're listening to this episode of Young Smart Money. Uh, again, I'm extremely grateful for you for listening to the show. And without further ado, we're going to hop right on in to the interview. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money. Tom, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? Doing amazing, man. I am. I'm so glad to have you here. So, Tom, our listeners got to hear a little bit about you in the intro to this episode. But for those of them that aren't super familiar with who Tom Bell is and what you're currently working on right now, give us like a 60 second snapshot of where you're at right now. Um, so, I own a company called Viral Style. We are a uh, print on demand e commerce marketplace. And basically, what that means is if you ever have an idea for a t shirt, you know, any type of apparel, accessory, Wall art, you can come to my site and create and sell those products for free with no upfront cost or risk. And we handle all the back end fulfillment, customer service, um, and basically anything that you know you'd like to do to, to sell physical products on Facebook, Instagram, things like that. Hmm. Super cool, super cool. Well, the, the first place I'd like to start with all these episodes, since we do have a younger listener base here, is flashing back in time and working our way up to the present. So talk to us about like those middle school and high school years for you. I'm always super fascinated by what my guests were doing in that time period. So were you entrepreneurial at all? Were you taking school seriously? What that look like for you? You know, it's funny because I, I think back about it every once in a while, and I was definitely entrepreneurial. Um, let's, for example, like in high school or something like that. Uh, um this is a little bit before your time, but basically we used to have CDs and uh, we'd have like, and we, we had like, uh, you know, um, uh, music software like Lime, LimeWire or something yeah. like that. And basically you'd download music to it. And what I would do is I would get uh, playlists from people. Um, and I had like a stack of like blank CDs where I would go and download the music form and then and then uh, burn it to the CD and bring it to them and stuff. And I'd sell them for like 
10 bucks or something. And you know, back then it was like weed money, you know, yeah. like just, you know, a little bit of extra money to, to, to do whatever I wanted. Uh, whereas now it's like, I look back, it's like, clearly I was running like a little mini business out of the classroom. <laughs> um, you know, things like that, you know, it wasn't really, you know, that's the one that like sticks out to me the most, but I did a lot of like small stuff like that. Like even, I remember actually like in middle school, I would buy candy, uh, and I would sell like the individual pieces of candy. So I like, <laughs> like it, was, it was like some crazy random shit like that. But yeah. Yeah. It just started just early. Ways to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. What was the draw? Was it just like to make that extra weed money or was it like, did you have like yeah. a. Oh, I, I don't know about <laughs> middle school. I don't know about middle school, but yeah, definitely in high school or whatever it was. But you know, it's, it's funny to think back. <laughs> so, so flashing forward a bit, did you end up going to college? Was that a decision that was like a big one for you? No, never went to college. And I don't think it was necessarily, I was, I was a terrible student. Mm. Um, yeah, it just wasn't for me. I, I really think I was like one of the worst students on the planet. Like <laughs> I, I can think back. I don't think I ever did like one piece of homework, like wow. somehow survived, uh, <laughs> finessed my way through school. Like even to the point where I got into when I was in high school, I think I took Spanish one like four times. Wow. Like it was just, I just didn't want to do it and just decided that wasn't what I was going to do. And then, um, senior year came around. I was a year behind, obviously. Uh, and, but there's a new principal that year. So I, I made a point to like become really good friends with this guy. Cause I was going to need to, I was going to need something <laughs> from him eventually. And it ended up working out towards the end. Like I probably, I went the entire year and about a month or two before we graduated, I went to him. I'm like, look, I'm not taking another year of high school. Okay. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to drop out and I'm going to go and get my GED in a week. I knew kind of like the process of like how it was going to work or whatever. And I was like, Hey, if I do this, I want to walk with my class and I want to do all the senior activities, you know, you know, all the the trips and shit. And he's like, you know what? You could do it in a week. Fine. I ended up going and taking the test. I got it done in two days. Wow. So it was like, it was just, it was a complete finesse. I got to do the whole, I got to do all the senior stuff. I I was in school the whole time. So I never like missed out on anything with my friends and you know, whatever. But yeah, that was a, <laughs> and then, you know, college, you know, I just, number one, wouldn't have been able to afford it. Uh, mm. I didn't have any like scholarships or anything like that. And I just, what it wasn't for me um and uh yeah so i I basically the whole college experience uh because all my friends went to college and there's a college in my city and everything like that but you know i I didn't actually have to go to classes (laughs) for sure so the moral of the story is it's about who you know not what you know is what i'm hearing that's exactly (laughs) right i love it so like okay so while your friends were in college what were you doing were you working did you start a business like what that looked like oh um i was the typical 18 year old man I didn't have anything going on you know it's funny because I think about it now um man I mean there's like young guys like you dude I mean just so far ahead of the game that when I was 18 all I cared about was when I was turning 21 dude Mm. you know like you know I didn't care about anything else I just wanted to like have fun and drink whatever I had no there was no entrepreneurial like spark at that point um so I was just doing odd jobs, you know, 
you know, serving and, and, and stuff like that. And sure. Not, not, nothing crazy. I ended up getting in some trouble and, you know, it was kind of, I call them like, like my lost years between like 18 and 21, really. It's mm-hmm. just like, I was just in a cycle of bad, you know, habits and getting arrested and then stuff like that. And then, you know, around 20, when I was 20, I was uh, dating this girl, she got pregnant. So I became like a young father at 21. And that was really the now or never moment that I had. And I realized that, you know, I'd never wanted to work for anybody ever again. I've had this huge problem with authority my whole life. And, you know, and I, right before then I had just been, uh, just been taken to a, like a seminar for a internet mark or no, I'm sorry, a, a real estate investing college. And they guys up on stage are talking about, you know, how much money they're making, whatever. And it did really kind of spark my interest. So I was like decided right then and there, um, that, it, you know, that's what I was going to do. I was going to figure out how to flip real estate, blah, blah, blah. I was like 20 kid, you know, no money or anything like yeah. that. But they were telling us how you could do it without, you know, without money. And, uh, but of course that was like a five to $10,000 thing. Mm. And I, re- I just kind of picked one of the, you know, one or two of the little ways that they were talking about and, decided to just read books and to be self-taught and figure it out myself. And that's, that's kind of the route I went. And I, I took everything. I had my expenses or whatever. I had six months to go before my son was born. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, you know, I'm going all in on this. So I made my expenses. I went down to, you know, still live with my parents. I went down to just my cell phone. So for like six months, I didn't do shit, but try and make this real estate thing happen and wow. cold calling people ended up finding like a, a mentor from one of the phone calls. Cause he's like, could see that I was serious and I'm, I'm asking a ton of questions and whatever. And, uh, he ended up kind of taking me under his wing and kind of feeding me some leads, um, where that I could, he taught me how to look people up and, and whatever, and just kind of did it all as cheaply as possible as all, you know, time invested stuff took me six months to get all the way to the point where somebody accepted an offer and want, I would go see the property. And I remember it to this day is like, you know, I'm walking in the house, like, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> inspecting the inspecting the house. Like I knew what I'm talking about. Okay, cool. You know, this is, this is sweet. You know, Oh, Oh yeah. You know, what's this? You know? And I, uh, in my head, I just know what I'm going to offer them. And I know like the yeah. highest that I can do it. And that's all that mattered. So I kind of, little bottom and they came back and then, you know, they ended up accepting the offer and, you know, I'm like freaking out, you know? So I go back to the, I'm like, okay, let me go write the contract. I go back to the car. I'm like, they accepted the offer. Oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, so I write up the contract. I kind of like fucked up a couple of the details, whatever, but I ended up getting the deal done and closing it, uh, you know, probably a month after my son was born, I made like 1500 bucks and, you know, it didn't seem doesn't seem like that much money at the time or to me now, but like at the time, like $1,500, it wasn't necessarily the money. It was more of the fact that I got it done. Yeah. I fucking knew I could do it and I got it all the way to fruition. And once I had seen it all the way through before the end of the month, I had another $10,000 in deals lined up that were ready to go. So it was just one of those things. Like I realized then at that point that I could do anything. Um, if I just kind of, hustled and made my my shit happen but so i did that for about four or five years wow 
Um, so between 21 and 25 before I got into internet marketing and, and the real estate and the t-shirt game. So what made you stick with it for that, that entire six month period? Because it sounds like it took a while for you to like get your first deal lined up. So were there ever times where you were like, man, I'm not feeling this. Like I should quit. I should try something else. Um, or what made you stick with, with real estate? Oh man, I had no choice. You know, it was one of those things. Like I, like I said, I, I had all the resistance in the world, right? My parents, you know, you need to fucking stop this and get a job, dude. You yeah. need to make money now because you are, you are having a child. You need to fucking get this together. And you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure this out, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was really just headstrong and authority that the problem with authority, right. Then yeah. go back to that. Um, it was just one of those things like I'm going to prove everybody wrong and, and uh, you know, make this shit work. Hmm. And it sounds like having that mentor was super impactful for you. Do you think that, oh, I mean, do you think that it, that's, that's an essential piece of the puzzle for, for young people who are trying to find success? Okay. A hundred percent. You know, I, I, I got lucky with them because, you know, he's a nice guy. He's pretty well, you know, basically doing work for free. I mean, he, there was, he was getting something out of it. He was getting half the, oh, I didn't even tell you that. So he was any deal that I brought to the table at that point, he was getting half of the half of the thing, clothing hmm. closing. So, so for that went on for, I think we had like a year, year deal, year and a half deal where like anything that came through while he was teaching me how to do it, he would get half. And I was cool, completely fine with that because I had nothing to give him. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are like that. Um, and, you know, a lot of people kind of necessarily go for the, you know, gurus and the courses and stuff because people have proven that they can do stuff, and whatever. But I think there's just a lot of misinformation with that um, because they're following anybody who has any good marketing tactics and stuff, whereas they need to follow people that kind of have a really good track record and things like that. But, you know, the mentorship piece of it, um, I could not have done it without him. Mm. So it's not even a question, you know, and maybe I could have. It would have taken me a lot longer, you know, and um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's essential, you know, you got to find, you got to be surrounded, at least surround yourself with people that are already doing it um, where you can ask questions, not necessarily like them giving you leads or whatever, but just know, if they know, I tell people this all the time, if you're trying really hard to get into this game with me and you're using my site and whatever, well, I'll give you all the resources you need. And if you have any specific questions about, about what it is that you're doing, I will answer them. Right. Like, what do you think about this design that I made? What do you think about this, you know, you know, niche that I'm going to get into um, specific questions about Facebook ads or something like that. Um, okay. So here's the ad. What do you think about the copy? What do you think about the image? Uh, what do you think about, you know, Okay, so I've, I spent $20 on this. I've only got three added carts, you know, no purchases, blah, blah, blah. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Rather than like, how do I get started? Right? Mm. Like, what, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, like the, the most general questions that like, I'm not going to waste my time answering that. And, uh, you know, where if you're out there really getting it and trying and it's spending money and trial and error, like if you come to somebody that's, already doing it with the questions that are very specific they're going to get answered more than likely for free with no with no like pushback at all 
hundred percent. Like if I, if I see someone who I think is willing to like take a step, if I take a step then I'm going to like, I'm going to take a step with them. Like I'm going to show them like the things that they need to do. If I have confidence, they're actually going to take action on that because if they don't, then they wasted my time and I wasted their time because they didn't do anything with the information that I gave them. So I think if you can, yeah, like show people that you're serious about it and then you're actually going to jump when they tell you to jump, like that's, those are the people that I want to help out. And yeah, those are the people that I just help out for free. Like they ask me a specific question and I'm like, here's your answer. Like, this is what I would do if I was in that situation. Right. Of course. hundred percent. So talk about that transition now from real estate into the world of sort of online and digital marketing. Yeah. So there's a story behind that too, right? So, <laughs> um, you know, real estate was nice. It was good. It was a lot of, you know, it, it was my first real, you know, entrepreneurial thing that I did. And, um, I never really figured out how to scale it up though. I was making mm-hmm. good money, you know, between, you know, five and 10 grand, like sometimes 20 grand in a month. Okay. But then it would be like a bad month where I make one grand. And I was just like, how do I fucking keep this up? Right. Cause I was, I had a lifestyle that I wanted. Yeah. And uh, so I was always looking for something else. And, and I started a couple other companies and, you know, different spaces and actually was always pretty successful at all of them, but you know, just, couldn't figure out how to get one, get them to stick or, or just, they didn't scale it fast enough. It didn't interest me after a while or whatever it is. So I let them go. I always had real estate to fall back on. And one of the things that happened was, you know, I went to ultra music festival one time okay. and you know, it was, it was like 2011 and this is like before EDM really kind of became mainstream. It was kind of one of those just random trips that I took with a random group of people. And so I was having a blast. I'm in the middle of this crowd and I'm looking around all these people are wearing crazy t-shirts. It's like, like different little sayings on them, neon colors, the whole thing. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, somebody's selling them this shit. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and I was having so much fun. I was like, I could totally get into this. And you know, I'm seeing dollar signs all around me. There's so many fucking people here. They're wearing crazy shit. They're clearly bought this for today. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? So, you know, fast forward, you know, when I get home and I'm doing a lot of research and obviously, you know, I start this company called ready to rage and rage was like the big word back then, you know, nobody was Mm -hmm. doing partying and anything like that. And what I did was I I had to do, um, t-shirt merchandising the old way, which is, you know, find a supplier, which was American apparel at the time. I had to get a corporate account with them. I had to buy everything up front you know, and buy enough of it to get a bulk discount. And there's a lot of guesswork involved. Like how many, uh, smalls versus larges do I, Mm. you know, how many different, how many different styles do I want to offer? Like V necks or regular shirt tank tops out of those, how many different colors do I want to offer? Right. So I had to buy all that up front, all the blanks. And then, so now I'm out like thousand, two thousand $2,000 or something like that. And just blanks. Right. I got to find a printer to print these designs that I've created on them and i'm no designer okay? yeah it was just like random words or whatever it's kind of just like a shot in the dark so now i've got all this inventory and i gotta figure out a way to sell this stuff and i'm out thousands of dollars there's really no guarantee that i'm gonna be able to sell it too so it's very backwards high risk business yeah. <laughs> to get into for the first time and you know i was actually doing shopify before it was cool right hmm. this is like 2011 or something like that. Yeah. And I had a, an EDM blog that would just post brand new music. Cause when back then, like there wasn't as many like DJs. So if a new song or a new remix came out, like everybody was searching for it, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of knew that. So 
I created this EDM blog and I just had the Shopify store in the background. So mm. somebody searched for the, they, they found my blog and then, and then they kind of went to the store and I was starting to get some sales trickling from that, but I had to individually pick and pack the shit wow. and said to go to the UPS store or whatever, send it out. And there was no print on demand back then. So, you know, I just thought that's what I was doing, but I was having, you know, I was getting boosts at music festivals and I was throwing, I was really trying to build this brand. So I was throwing like parties at nightclubs and different like college parties that were going on and stuff and really just having a blast, right? Yeah. Selling a ton of these shirts, selling all the shirts really. It was like one or two, like of the big, big designs that I had that were selling really well. And, um, but it never became a really money, real big money maker for me because sure. of the issues of the comfort capital that were needed to actually you know, sell the product. So um, I eventually had to let it go, which I eventually had to let it go, which, you know, never really sat well with me because I was having so much fun, but I had a fucking son and, <laughs> You know, I had to support everybody and it just wasn't making my idea back into real estate. Right. Mm -hmm. So fast forward a couple of years, um, print on demand becomes a thing. And, um, I kind of saw, uh, who is now one of my competitors become like the first one to release it. And, and how I came into it was one of my friends was building up uh, Facebook fan pages and, um, you know, selling products on them. And one of the things that he did is he created this uncle size says fan page from duck dynasty. Mm. And he would, he made this t-shirt about something that was country or whatever. And he made like $20,000 on the one shirt, the one design. And I was like, fuck, like, <laughs> show me how you show me how you did that. You know, like fucking that was all in after that. Cause then I realized what this company had solved was the capital issues that I had with that t-shirt company to begin with. And I, and I, at the time, I don't think they knew what they had at the time because they were like kind of focused on charities. They mm. think that was like their business model was give something tangible for their donation, blah, 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 crowdfunding. And um, so me and a handful of other like guys got into, you know, full-time t-shirt selling and we learned Facebook ads and Facebook ads was on the very infancy, like with their ads platform, we're talking like before pixels or anything like <laughs> that, where it's very like money in money out, you know, you better know your numbers because yeah. you're spending money. And if, if you're making money, good, spend as much as you can. And same with this platform is very basic, like the uh, campaigns where you do last seven days and whatever you sold in that seven days, went to went to print after the uh campaign ended or whatever mm -hmm. so we ended up you know perfecting that because you could create for the first time you could target people by their interests what they're interested in and that worked really well hand in hand with you know t-shirts because you could almost make a design for anyone in any niche or any anything and it was almost like anything that we put on a shirt, we put it up on Facebook. It was the first time those people had seen something that was targeted mm. specifically for them. So we were able to like scale it up big time. We ended up selling like 150,000 products in two months. And then we profited around $2 million. And, you know, it was, that was kind of like, fuck, you know, I've never yeah. seen any money like that before, you know? So we systemized what we were doing and became the number one affiliate on the site once that first round of like 
uh, scaled campaigns, it kind of slowed down and we were able to take a step back and look at what we were doing and where, what areas we could improve on. We realized we were leaving a lot of money on the table because we weren't doing anything like upsells or cross sells. Mm, yeah. We didn't, we didn't even, we didn't even own the buyer data to like retarget them or anything like that. And, uh, so we went to the CEO of the company and we're like, Hey man, we're going to have to, you know, these are the things that we need from you to be able to, you know, continue to do business with you. And they had just done like their first like series a or something mm. like that and raised like $20 million based on the sales that we had gotten <laughs> some other guy, some other big guys too, but you know, we had built their business model for them. So, um, we took a step back and realized, okay, we gotta, we gotta do this on our own. Um, yeah. this is the only way it's going to get done fast enough. And so that's kind of how it was made born out of necessity. Right. And that's kind of how a lot of things are done. And, um, so we were building it for ourselves because we were the top sellers. We knew what we needed, blah, blah, blah. But because of the, the timing of everything and people in our industry was kind of a newer industry. So we were pretty well known on how successful we were at it. So when they, people found out we were kind of building something to, to go off on our own, they were very interested. And, and it was one of those situations where we had very, you know, rare situations where we started a business, we had built in business right away. We were able to scale like $10 million in our first like two months. And, uh, you know, we've been off the races ever since we've done, you know, over 300 million in, in revenue. Uh, we shipped over 2 million products to 180 countries last year. We have thousands of people all over the world who use our site to either make a living or like even make a killing. Right. So, um, you know, very fortunate in, in being able to do that and watch it scale and it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. So what do you, what do you think it was that set you and your business apart from like all the other entrepreneurs out there who, who are trying to start things, but aren't seeing that amount of success in their business? Like what are the differentiators? Well, there's, there's two ways that I could have done that. Right. So we, we decided to build a platform. Um, so that means that, you know, it was only it, our effort wasn't really what was driving you know, the business. It was just catering to other people. So there's an opportunity. We, we saw an opportunity uh, in, in the marketplace to, to launch this thing. And we decided to go all in on it. Right. So we were able to get some market share pretty quickly and, and kind of scale it from there. Um, you know, a lot of pe- a lot of the guys that, you know, you and I know are, are really just internet marketers doing it for themselves. And they're there. It's directly related upon the input into the business is the output that they're getting. Right. Yeah. So we figured out a way to, simplify what everybody else was doing and give them a way to, you know, do it at scale. Hmm. So, um, I think that's the biggest differentiator is that we decided to get out of the actual marketing side of the game and get into the business side of the game and create something for everyone. I love that. So do you think, because you guys are one of the first movers in this space, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you think it's important to be one of the first people to the party? Um, do you think that is really one of the things that gave you guys a leg up or do you think that's not so important? I definitely think that was a big factor. Um, you know, there are, we do have other competitors, but they came in around the same time as us as well. But it was, it was, it's definitely one of those situations where you have to capitalize on the opportunity as it comes. And the timing of it, the timing of that was very well done too. So uh, I do think that is a huge factor. Um, 
you know, if, if you find something new that's is starting to really kind of emerge, if you, if you go all in on that, which like what you see with other things, like the guys who got an Instagram really early, right. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are kind of leading the pack right now, not necessarily building your own thing, but you know, if there's a new opportunity that you see people are, are really kind of gravitating towards and you can kind of think long-term um, and you become an expert in whatever that is early on, then you become, you know, the guys who are around that are bigger later, you know, and a lot of the guys who started in print on demand, they're the ones that are teaching all the other stuff now um, because they got into the info space or whatever. That was another thing I haven't done is really get into the info space. Um, But the guys are true teaching the drop shipping and Shopify and stuff. They all started in print on demand because it was able, you're really easy for them to learn Facebook ads and, and things like mm-hmm. that. They, they can make some money doing it and then they found other opportunities and so on and so forth. So when it comes to like going all in on these new opportunities, how do you personally think about like the fact that there are, there are so many new things coming up every single day. Like if you look at like the top 100 apps in the app store, they're always changing. There's always new like trends emerging. So when you're going all in on one of these things, how do you personally think about like not going all in on something that's just going to be like a fad that lasts for a few months, but instead finding something like print on demand that's lasted for years? Um, I really don't know, man, you know, because there's, there's, there's ways to make money with everything. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that is the the truth. Um, It's just what worked for me. Right. So, and I I can't say that, you know, I wouldn't find something else because I probably would have, but um, it was just capitalizing on the opportunity that was in front of me. and, And then, you know, going all in and that's kind of how, all of my businesses have been in any industry that I got into is that I kind of immersed myself in what it took to become successful at that. And then I wasn't afraid to fail Hmm. because I I had done it a few times before, but in a lot of that became a lot of that was because I had a backup plan. I had something that I was good at. I had something that I could, you know, plug back into and make money with. So I wasn't really afraid to, venture off and try and find something else. So I would say, you know, definitely do that as well. Like if, if you're, if you're really trying to become an entrepreneur, I would quit my job right away or anything like that, you know, spend your extra time trying to figure out what it is that you want to do and, and stick to one thing. And I, yeah. I find that a lot of people, you hear this all the time. It's, it's regurgitated, but everybody has that shiny object syndrome. And there's always like that special trick that somebody's trying to sell or whatever. It's not really that big of a deal. Like just find the one thing you want to try for it. Go after it for six months. If it doesn't work out, find something else. Mm. That's so true. And like what you said, man, like mitigating your worst case scenario is so important because like if you always know that like you can fall back on real estate or you can fall back on your nine to five job, like that allows you to be a little bit more risky to like really go all in on things because you don't have to worry that like, Oh, if this fails, like I have nothing, like you still have those safety nets to fall back on. And especially as young people, like we have like speaking from a place of privilege, of course, like I have so many safety nets I can fall back on. Like if I, if I like lose all my money and like go completely bankrupt, like my parents can still like support me. And like, I'm still at an age where like, if I need to move back home, I can. Cause like, I I just have all these safety nets and like so many young people do as well. And I think we're just not taking advantage of those. and We're not playing as risky as we could be. Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, like I said, Ben, it blows my mind. Like 
some of the younger cats that are really getting after it and becoming successful at such young ages. And I can't even imagine what that's like, you know, like, like even from the first, first half of my twenties, like I did something a lot of people have never done before will never do is, is like flip real estate. And I actually did it with no money down, like no money and stuff like that. All the stuff they talk to you like <laughs> in the, the courses, like I actually did that shit, but I was never as successful as some of the guys that I see that are younger than that, you know, doing now. And it's a lot, I think it's a lot of, I think a lot has to do with what they grew up with. Right. So mm. like we didn't have social media. I mean, we had the basics of social media yeah. back then, but nobody was using it for business. You know, we, I tell people now, like, you know, my, my age group was like, did all the trial and error. So like <laughs> we, we figured out what, what was and wasn't cool on, on Facebook and then Instagram came around or whatever. And now that the younger generations grown up only in the social media, you know, you know, years. And, uh, you know, now they have this like infinite tool with like all these, like, you know, like drop shipping, for example, like being able to sell physical products from China on a fucking website, like with no money down, like that is, that's ridiculous, you know, and, and, and concept in itself is like ridiculous to be able to do that. And if I would have had like, you know, print on demand back in, you know, 2011 or whatever it is, like all these things are available to you and it's so easily accessible and relatively cheap to get started with no risk. Like the opportunities are fucking astronomical compared to like what we had when I was 18 years old. Right. So, you know, it's all relative. Right. Mm. So, but it's, 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 the principles are all the same. If you want to get it, get after it. You know, and then, you know, the, you could see the guys who've actually committed to it and, and are successful because of it. Precisely, precisely. So like, what are, what are you doing now as far as like viral style goes? Like, what is your, what are your responsibilities? So I am uh, technically the CMO. I, I, like we do like a co-CEO role here, okay. my, me and my business partner. Um, and, you know, my main, uh, my main driver is to move the needle, right? So I got to find, you know, new opportunities for us. I have to find, you know, I go out on the face of the company. So I go and do speaking events and I travel. You know, we open an office in Vietnam. We have a large user base over there. So I, I go to Vietnam twice a year to, you know, go you know, speak with our VIPs and take them out and the whole thing. And, um, you know, having boots over, on the ground over there because they're 12 hours ahead was a big, big play mm. for us. It helped us a lot. Um, and really it's just finding opportunities and, and, and putting them in place and, and, and working with the team to um, like the, the, the marketing team or, or design team to, 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 to get the styling down and things like that for the company. And um, so that, that's what I mainly do is I do, I interface with clients and I find new opportunities. Hmm. What are, what are some of the, the avenues they're using to locate and like, dive in on these new opportunities like where are the places you're looking for like inspiration and stuff well so right now our main focus is is um trying to get into you know maybe even the influencer space and stuff mm. so a lot of these these networking events that i go to um you know a lot of the guys that you know are pretty big in the industry they they work with influencers in some capacity and uh you know it's really just going and finding um uh 
finding the people that get you in contact with them because a warm, warm contact is always easier than yeah. just DMing somebody. Um, so that's one of the things I'm doing. I'm also trying to figure out, you know, ways that we can integrate with existing companies. So for example, um, fit T, which is a pretty well-known brand we're, we're, we're going to be adding our print on demand capabilities to, uh, the back end of their sales. So like, for example, they, they sell tea, right? So when somebody purchases their tea and we're going to hit them with an upsell to buy a coffee mug so they can huh. drink it out of the, out of the tea. So it's, an, it's like an obvious, yeah. easy upsell that, you know, but it'll be like fit tea branded. It'll have some a little funny saying on it or whatever. So things like that, where we can just plug in our existing operations into something that, you know, could easily um, make us both money. Um, you know, we could do that at scale. So that's, that's, those are the two kind of things that we're focusing on at the moment. Um, and we're always, you know, trying to acquire new sellers and educate them in the business because there's a learning curve in, in this business. And I, um, one of the things I'm doing is creating a course for the first time. So I'm going to be getting into info space a little bit because I, I think I have some insider knowledge that, you know, a lot of people can't teach uh, oh, yeah. because I've seen every single existing campaign that's been successful on viral style for the last five years. So I know, you know, what sells, what doesn't the trends that are going on right now and things like that. So. Hmm. You want to give us a little, little preview of like what some of the biggest trends are right now or like what's working for people in that space? Well, you know, our space is really niche driven. Yeah. So whether whether it's somebody that's built a big Instagram, Facebook or Facebook page with, you know, that specific niche and now they're just running organic traffic, you know, again, the, the interest targeting is still a thing, you know, but it, it takes a little bit of time to build up that audience, right? Yeah. So if you have a really awesome design, it might just fly off the shelf and you're in the races. But if you're trying, you know, to recreate an existing design that's been sold before and trickle in sales so that you can build your custom audience and then you know, have Facebook kind of start doing the work for you to find your own audience. And then it kind of ramps up from there. Right. Um, so that, that's one big thing is when people are, you know, building existing audiences, um, whether it's a meme page or whatever, then they, they build it up to, you know, a couple, you know, 20, 30,000 followers, then they can start doing merch. Uh, so merchandising is really like the biggest thing that I can push right now is just doing mm. merch and then, uh, catching trends. Um, that is the one thing I think that, you know, I still kind of jump on every once in a while. If I see something about to go nuts, uh, I see like a lot of people talking about it on face on Facebook and Instagram or whatever. I know there's a passionate hot button issue or whatever it is then you can kind of jump on that wave and get, you know, you know a couple hundred, a couple thousand sales, depending on how you frame it into a t-shirt design. Um, I'm trying to think of an an example recently. Um, I mean, there's stuff in politics all the time. I was going to say Trump's too easy though. <laughs> like, it, I was that. I mean, campaign Trump. Campaign Trump is about to come back, dude. I mean, the guy says something funny like every time he talks. <laughs> so you can almost create a design for everything he says. You know, yep. so it's just you know that's an easy one. Uh, there's a lot. There's some. There's some. Uh, because of the Cambridge Analytica thing that happened. So there's going to be, there's a little bit of friction getting political ads, some friction getting political ads up and things like that. But if once you do, 
you know, you're off to the races. So that's a really good example of mm-hmm. the type of stuff because it's a fair game. And you can play both sides. Yeah. <laughs> if you do, you have no political affiliation, who cares? You can play both sides. That's the truth, man. That's the truth. I got a buddy who was selling bumper stickers during the last few elections, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I don't, I don't choose a side. I just sell both kinds of bumper stickers." And he's making thousands of dollars, like on the daily, <laughs> just selling bumper stickers. All right. Um. Well, Tom, I do have some questions I'd like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. Are you feeling ready for those? Um, all right, let's go. <laughs> all right. The first one is, uh, what is something that genuinely has you excited right now? This could be in your business, in the wider realm of like print on demand, but what's something that has you fired up? Um, well, I mean, as of today, one of the things I'm fired up about is, is cryptocurrency kind of coming back. I had some, oh, yeah? uh, I had some investments that I did and, early 2017 that I did really well with. And then, you know, December, 2017, it peaked and I didn't get out like, mm. like I should have, like I, and, uh, and everybody was in the, the whole game. Right. I fucking held it. I held everything. I didn't touch it. I, every, every month it went down for a whole year and then got to December and finally it started to bounce back and we're, we're doubling up, tripling up <laughs> on, the, on the, on the daily. So that's got me a little excited because I was like, I made the right choice. You know, <laughs> finally, I, I was because I got in so early. I I was like, even at the bottom, I was still like break even. But like, yeah. I didn't get into that to be break even. You know, yeah. and, and I was I was I was like a hundred, like you know, whatever, a, a couple hundred thousand dollars up in that December when it was peaking. So. I should have gotten out right then and just bought back in. But so I'm excited about that. That's that's one thing. Um, um I got a trip I got I travel a lot, man. Yeah. That, that, that's that's my thing, dude. So, you know, that that is one of the benefits of of running and owning a company. Majority of my travel is done for business, you mm. know. So I, I it's almost free. Uh, but this one I I've got a, a nice group about 20 people are going to St. Lucia. It's going to be a lot of fun. So those are two things I'm excited about right now. Super exciting, man. So yeah. do you have any habits that have served you particularly well, either in your business or lifestyle? Um, my biggest, I'm a big proponent on networking, right? Aligning yourself with people that are smarter than you. Like my business partner is brilliant. Like he's just a really smart guy and he's complete opposite of me, which is something Mm. else I would like to say, find somebody that is like complementary to your weaknesses. Right. So, so whereas I am the excitable marketing, you know, face, you know, whatever, I got all these ideas. I'm all a lot. I'm ready to go. And he's very uh, analytical and, you know, very, you know, cautious, Right. So we, we, it becomes a lot of really frustrating sometimes because I want to move fast and break shit. Whereas he's like, <laughs> well, how, you know, he's really breaking it down to what it needs, what we need to look at when it comes to the business. But, you know, that it can be, there can be some pushback. But, you know, I respect him in that, you know, where I always ask him his opinion of things before I kind of do stuff and, and things like that. So that's one thing It's just find networking and you never know who you're going to meet at an event. So I, I always go to as many events as I can and I network with as many people as I can. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of a people person in general. So that's one of my, my bigger traits is the fact that I can, you know, build relationships and 
and, and figure out ways to work together, whether it's, you know, me referring them to somebody else or whatever it is. So. Hmm. I love it. So uh, are you consuming any content at the moment? Um, whether that's books, audiobooks, podcasts, YouTube channels, um, any content you're taking in? Yeah. So I, 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 um, I was a pretty avid reader uh, when I, when I was getting into the game or in entrepreneurship and I kind of fell off and uh, I think it was really just the fact that I didn't like reading necessarily. Mm. Um, but I, I re- uh, found out about audible about a year and a half ago and I kind of, got into you know buying the audiobooks instead and, and it's just easier for me to like consume the content while I'm doing mundane things like working out or whatever I go to the gym all, like once or twice a day and I, um, I, I I can listen to that instead of music right so I can at least be learning at the same time but what I found recently is that I um, uh, I need both the visual and the audio so what I'll do is I'll listen to it once on audio and I'll kind of try to remember all the points and I'll listen to it again and I'll take notes. Hmm. I'll, I'll write down all the bullet points. I'll like, I'll have like a fucking full uh, cliff notes sec- <laughs> like of, of every, all the important stuff that they said, like word for word kind of stuff. And it, hmm. it really works well for me. One of the books I'm uh, listening to right now is called scaling up and yeah. about, uh, you know, how to scale your businesses from, you know, 10 to 50 to 50 to 100 employees and, and, and beyond, right? So all the different things that, you know, existing companies, that it, it's based on, um, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're not here. Um, who, who, um, who's the guy, the most successful businessman of all time? Like, come on. Warren Buffett? No. Back in the day, did the oil company and oh Rockefeller, um, yeah, not Rockefeller, uh, Carnegie. Anyways, <laughs> Carnegie, Dale Carnegie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So and uh, it's about his, you know, business um, systems. Maybe his Rockefeller. I don't know. One of those guys. One of those <laughs> badasses back in the day. And their business systems and how they were able to to scale, you know, their companies and and the management that needs to be in place and how one person needs to be uh, invested in the one area and, and blah blah blah. So it's a really interesting book and it's something that we're like focusing on this this year is like building out our C suite of executives and and how to uh, scale, you know, the different systems in place and putting putting those systems in place in the company so that it, it basically hums. Mm. Uh, right, you know, when you're growing a business, especially in the beginning, you're wearing a lot of hats you're in that hustle mode where everybody's working fast and trying to like, you know, do as many things as possible while you're scaling the business. Whereas after it becomes an established company, you need to start putting, you know, management in place of people that are like smarter than you that don't need management and kind of are free thinkers and can bring ideas to you and things like that. So that's that's what that book's about that's kind of something we're, we're moving into right now and I, I like to to learn about stuff before i get into it so that i'm not relying on anyone else to kind of teach me how to do it sure so is there anything in your business that you choose not to scale so a quick example of what i mean is like i send out a lot of video messages on instagram to like individual people whether that be new followers people i want to connect with um, that's how we met <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, is there anything that you do in your business that you keep that personal, like Tom Bell touch to, um, and that you choose not to scale? Um, 
I mean, if you're working with a private client, like a big, big client, obviously you want that personal touch. Sure. Um, but beyond that, you know, I try and separate myself because hmm. there's one of me. Yeah. Right? And there's thousands of them. So <laughs> if I, if I, you know, they know if it, they can't get something done through, you know, client services or whatever, they'll come to me and complain because <laughs> they know I can, you know, push it along. But for the most part, I, I, I try and separate myself from that stuff. Unless, you know, again, I'm going to these events and I'm working with bigger clients that are, you know, need that personal touch. For sure. That definitely makes sense. Now, Tom, I, I've really been enjoying the, the mass amounts of value that you've been bringing on this episode today. Where can our listeners go if they've been enjoying all the information you've been sharing and they want to follow up with you and learn more about Viral Style? Sure. Um, well, I, I'm on Instagram more than anything. Uh, so it's at Tom Bell underscore Viral Style is my handle. Um, and if, they, if they're interested in, in learning more about Viral Style in general, they can go to ViralStyle.com. Just sign up. It's free. Uh, we have an academy there that uh, they can go through and learn the 101s and the 102s of hmm. you know, getting started in, 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 uh, in, um, in print-on-demand in general. It kind of goes through the, the process of coming up with an idea and, and simple design and, and basics of Facebook ads and things like that. So if they're interested in that, they can do that. It's free as well. All you have to have is an account to do that. And that's at sellers.viralstyle.com. And, um, you know, you know, keep a lookout for what I'm, what I got coming out. I got some, uh, you know, some cool stuff in the works right now that I think it's, it's a little bit more updated. Uh, the original piece was done by one of our top sellers. Um, he did over a million dollars on our site at the time, you know, and, uh, if they want to hit me up on Facebook, they can as well. Um, and we have a seller support group, uh, and that and on Facebook as well. Awesome. I'll be sure to link up all those in the show notes for this episode as well for all of our listeners sure. to check out. Now, Tom, do you have any last uh, closing thoughts, words of wisdom, or anything you want to wrap the show up with here today? Um, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, mindset and mentality of, of entrepreneurship. And, and I think, uh, you know, in closing, I think we should touch back on that, that, you know, there's never a perfect time to get started. Um, in my situation, it was, you know, a necessity, right? And I, you got to find those motivations. However, you know, however you get motivated, you need to figure that out, right? For me, it's when I backed against the wall and I have no other choice. And a lot of that's the same for a lot of people as well. Um, if you're comfortable what you're doing, you're not going to be able to move forward. So get uncomfortable, go find something that excites you that, you know, you think you'll do really well at and get after it, man. Like, don't sit on your hands, you know, find out you don't necessarily need someone to teach you how to do it. There's plenty of free information out there. And if you really want it, you can get it. Mm, straight up. Um, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you coming here on Young Smart Money. It has been a pleasure. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Young Smart Money. If you want to support the show, you can do so in three different ways. You can subscribe, you can leave me five, and you can share this episode with a friend. To subscribe, all you got to do is click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. To leave me five, 
all you got to do is scroll all the way down to the bottom of the podcast page for Young Smart Money and click on the Write a Review button. And to share with a friend, all you got to do is screenshot yourself listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, tag me, and I'll be sure to repost it in my Instagram story as well. I love giving you guys some attention who are listening to the show. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.